Hey everybody, Brandon here. I want to welcome you to another episode of I Think I Know Sports. This is episode 13. Uh, I'm doing this podcast on a Saturday and I'm actually doing it sitting down at a table in my house. So this this will be the first episode where the entire episode will not be in a car. Pretty happy about it. Um, everybody's kind of away right now. I got I got a couple. I got an hour or two to myself to where I can sit here and do this. This is rare, so I'm not gonna say get used to it. It'd be great if I could do this. You know, if if there's a time where it's, you know sports season kind of gets kind of slow. I may kind of dwindle it down to once a week, and I may end up doing that here in the future anyway, since um, football's in and playoffs are ending. There's not really much, um, not, not nothing really huge going on. Now, we got the, uh, you know, we got basketball coming up, and then we got March Madness coming up next month. You know, starts the college basketball conference tournaments and all that, so. Once that kind of gets rocking and rolling, I might amp it back up to two episodes a week. But this this week right here will be the last week where I do two episodes. I'll I'll definitely um, I'll definitely be breaking down and um, going over the playoffs and doing playoff uh, breakdowns going into next week. So um, after this weekend's game, we got we got two games today. We got two games tomorrow. So I'll, I'll definitely be breaking down um, the playoffs, the playoff games, and recapping this weekend playoffs games in the next episode. Um, it, it probably won't come out Monday. It'll it'll probably be either Tuesday or Wednesday. That's what I'm kind of targeting. I'm targeting having these come out since I'm going to be doing them once a week for a few weeks. I'm going to be doing. Um, Try to do it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere in that range, the middle of the week. That way I kind of go over some of the big things that happened the weekend and anything big that happened during the week. I'll still be able to catch that. And on top of what happens afterwards, I can still talk about it. It'll still kind of be fresh in your mind. So that's kind of the things that I'm going to be going over, going to be doing. Uh, I'm still... Still want to get somebody else on the show. I want to get a uh, get somebody get on here, get their viewpoint. It'd be I may do that. You know what? I may do that Super Bowl weekend. I may do that the week of the Super Bowl. I'm gonna try my best to get some get a get a co-host of the show for one week, and we just kind of we talk about the Super Bowl and you know our, our predictions and and you know just see what it's like to have another person on the show. Kind of get that going, so I'm definitely going to work on doing that. I'm going to see about February the third. Let me see here. Well, I'm sitting here, so I can look this up now. So I think yeah, the Super Bowl is February the fifth. It's the fourth. Yeah, February fourth, the Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we got the division around this week. We got the uh, championship game next week. Then they take they usually take a week off. I think the Pro Bowl is that week. The week before the Super Bowl. So either that week before or the week of the Super Bowl, I'm going to definitely try and get a person on the show and, um, just, just have a, have a show with another person on here. So looking forward to that. 
guess we'll go ahead and jump right on into it. Some of the sports headlines of the week. I'll kind of go over, over what we're going to do this week since I have time to look at, see what I'm doing. We're going to do the sports headlines. Uh, then we're going to kind of go over the recap over this past week, what happened. Not much. And then I'm just going to break down each each of the playoff matchups this weekend. Kind of excited. It's 11:30 right now my time, uh, so I got I got about what, three or four hours into that first game. Um, then preview some of the other games coming on this weekend. Some of them I had done for Friday, but I I'm not going to get to those because they they came on last night. And, uh, and that's pretty much it. It's going to be a short episode, not not real long. I'm going to try not to make it real long. But um, I'm, I'm going to definitely be going diving deep into these playoff matchups. So starting off, there is some talk. Some of the news is going on. There is some talk that Le'Veon Bell was talking about retiring if he doesn't get a you know a long-term contract after this season. Going to be... Very interesting to see how that plays out. I, I don't see him doing it. He, he's a very integral part in that Steelers offense. Um, ever since he came into the league, he's pretty much been our the, the Steelers' featured back. So I understand where he's coming from. He wants the money. He wants to have you know some security going down the road. He doesn't want to go into each season thinking this is last and. A running back has a short span in the NFL anyways, as it is. I mean, especially for a guy like him, he he's half the Steelers offense. When they're when they're not throwing it, he's getting the ball. They don't really rotate out a lot of running backs. They may every now and then a running back might get a, a carry or two. Uh either Fitzgerald Tucson or they got um Steven Ridley there. They they give him the ball every now and then, but they're they're Heavy, heavy on getting Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell the ball. And even in the passing game, I mean, he, he catches anywhere from four to ten passes a game every week. So he, he just, I, I understand where he's coming from. He just wants some, some stability. And I, I, I can't argue with that. I mean, if the Steelers don't give him a long-term contract and he retires, he gets out of his contract and goes to another team, I'm, I guess I'm fine with that. I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. Really nothing the Steelers can do about it because um they failed to pay him. Um so that's kind of that was one thing that was kind of big going into the week. Next, the national championship game, we all know Alabama won their what fifth or sixth national championship in seven years or something like that. Some insane number. Um during that game, the starting quarterback that took him there the last two years, Jalen Hurts, uh the starting quarterback was benched at halftime. They brought in, I can't say this guy's name, Tupelaleo. He comes in and pretty much takes over wins the national championship for Alabama. Has a game-winning, like a game-winning 40-yard touchdown pass to, to, to win it all. And now people are talking about Jalen Hurst retiring, transferring. Uh, because he's pretty much bumped out of the starting quarterback role there in Alabama. Um, I don't think he should leave. I think that you see a lot of college teams do this and have success with it, especially like a team with Alabama. I can definitely see them having a two-quarterback system next year and it working. If, there, if there's a team that can pull it off, it, it'll definitely be them. I mean, I don't agree with it. I don't. I didn't even like the decision 
for them to take out Hurts in the first place to put this guy in. Uh, but I, Hurts was struggling at the time. Uh, even the, the, the guy that came in, uh, let me see here. His name is Taga Avela. I can't say his name. What's his first name? Uh, Tua. I just call him Tua. So when Tua came in, he even struggled. So, I mean, it wasn't like they were playing against a, um, an Oklahoma defense where Hurts was struggling, where they expect to come in and score 40 points. I mean, you're playing against another SSC team. They got down pretty quick, so Saban thought he had to pull the trigger and make the move, and it ended up helping him. So, I mean, can't really say nothing about that. Um, whatever he does, I, I, I'm, I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a strong passer. I think he, if they were to work with him in this past game, but it don't, it, I mean, in the two seasons, it, his passing is about the same. Yeah, there's some things he's improved on, but he, he's more of a, uh, one read, maybe a check down and then take off kind of quarterback. He's not going through pro- progressions like Tua was. And you can tell he's going through them in the national championship game. Um, and I'll get more on the next chapter game here in a bit. But uh and that was the sports headlines, which is pretty sad. There's a um there's a three star defensive lineman from Alabama. Um it rested on murder charges. I know this is kind of more of a new segment, but this is kind of both. I thought this was pretty pretty sad because this guy had offers from everywhere. He's one he's a three star recruit, which is pretty big. Because a lot of a lot of your four and five star players are defensive linemen anyway, so being a three star defensive lineman is pretty big. Coming out of the state of Alabama, he had offers from Alabama, all, all the SAC schools, and he just pretty much threw his life away. Regardless if he did this or not, I mean, I don't think that he would have been arrested if he wasn't somehow associated with this. Now, I hope I'm, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope he didn't have anything to do with it. Sorry for the family. Um, that this happened to and the people that were involved with it, but goodness, this guy just pretty much threw his entire life away because of the, the choices he made. This is just a simple choice of, hey, are, are these guys my friends or are these guys support me on the field or are these guys going to support my future or do I want to go hang around these guys that, you know, want to do stuff like this and that, that's more like a sense of killing anyways. There's no telling what it was about. I don't even know what the, the whole thing was about. I'm not sure who the victim was or how this went down, but I just seen that I, this kind of caught my eye and I knew I needed to talk about it, that you, you have kids like this that are pretty much, you know, had given a scholarship or offered all these scholarship and they take it for granted and do things like this or get caught up in things like this. And there, there's kids like, you know, like me, I wouldn't have a big time prospect coming out of high school or even junior college there's kids out there that are just as good as this kid or even better that don't get looked at because of the school they play for or or the state they live in or the city they live in or their teammate good they're the only to play on the team but they're just as good as kids like this and they don't get looked at and that scholarship goes to somebody like this kid or or kid that takes it and doesn't do anything with it and you have you know I don't know, Bobby over here, who's a phenomenal football player, whatever sports player he's in, doesn't get that opportunity. He has to settle for a Division II school or a, 
or division, you know, division three school or something like that. That that stuff like that kind of irks my nerves. So just I really wanted to talk about that. Uh, moving on into the sports recap. Uh, not much. We had the national championship game Monday. Um, if you hadn't watched it, Alabama pulled it out 26-23 over Georgia. Was one of the best games ever people talked about. Okay, Monday, I was beyond tired. I was exhausted. I could barely keep my eyes open on the way home. Um, I think I even somehow pulled out a, a podcast that day. And... I, I knew I wasn't going to watch that game. <laughs> I went to bed at like 6 that night, and I missed it. I didn't get to watch any of it. So I hate I, I hate I did get to miss it live. I did go back and watch the extended highlight. It was like a a 25-minute like a highlight on YouTube that I did get to go watch. Um, so I was able to watch that. It, yeah, it was a terrific game. It, it really was. Bama pulls it off again. Um, but on the other end of that, Georgia looked very, very impressive. They jumped out on Alabama, which that's the form that will beat Alabama. If you go back and look at any of their losses, I think you kind of take away that Clemson game last year. But if you go back and look at any of the Alabama losses, including the Auburn one, you have to get on them early. You have to get on them early. Like you have to, to take, get the league early, build up as much momentum as possible and, and hope they don't come back because they will. Um, and that's what Georgia did. I think Georgia just ran out of gas. Uh, watching the highlights, I didn't get to watch the full game and watch how everything was going. But watching the highlights and watching some of the the plays that Bama made there at the end, I, I seriously think Georgia just ran out of gas. They couldn't they couldn't keep up with the depth and the speed of Alabama there in the fourth quarter in overtime. So big big ups to Georgia. Um, they may be the new rivalry between Alabama and, and, and whoever else. You know, Clemson, who knows? They may be back. They, they, I'm pretty sure they're going to be losing some key guys, especially defensively. That's what got them there. Um, looking at the Clemson and Georgia games, Georgia tried to do a lot of things similar to Clemson, what they did. Georgia has the athletes. Clemson does, too. But Georgia is there to stay. They have a real good coach in Kirby Smart. He used to coach at Alabama. He was their old def- defensive coordinator. They got a rookie quarterback. I mean, a rookie, a freshman quarterback. They they are losing their two running backs. But Georgia it seems like every year Georgia has a guy. Georgia's not. They, they'll always find a running back. So losing those two guys, yeah, it'll hurt. But there's a guy there. I'm pretty sure, or a couple of guys there. They're gonna pretty much walk up into their spots like. Like they didn't even leave, so um, I'm talking about those two guys, Chubb and Michelle, and look who the probably the one of the MVPs are of this season. People thought when Gurley left, like, hey, Georgia may be going now for a while, and look who they they pop up, sprite up two more running backs. So <laughs> Georgia, they don't have anything to worry about as far as athletes. They're gonna get them. They're gonna be competing with Bama for a while, and um. So it's going to be exciting to see going in the future. Um, then for the NBA, that's kind of it for college football. They'll, we'll have our East-West Shrine games and our senior all-star games, mainly for pro scouting. So that'll be it for me for doing college football for a while. I won't really cover the, the 
I may bring up the the All Star games, the Senior Bowls, and all of that. But you won't hear anything from me for college football unless there's some big news, some big coaching changes or anything like that. I'll definitely go over some of the guys I'm looking at as far as draft-wise. I'll do some player breakdowns. I know I haven't done many because there's a lot of things going on. But since football's ending, since college football's ending, I'll definitely do some college football player breakdowns. Kind of like how I did with, the, uh, I think, with the, the Jacksonville or Jalen Ramsey. I broke his game down a few podcasts back, so I'll do that. Uh, NBA, Monday, we had the Cavs play the Timberwolves. Timberwolves pulled it out 127.99. Wednesday, uh, we had the Thunder take on the Timberwolves. Uh, Timberwolves won 104.88. Thursday, we had the Celtics playing against the 76ers. This game was in London. This came on about 2 o'clock Thursday. It was, uh, it was in London. It was. I didn't even know this game was in London. I didn't know they. I, I can't remember the last time they did. I knew the NBA went to Mexico and played, but I didn't know they went to London and played basketball games. So this was very in, interesting. I didn't get to watch. I was at work while this game was going on, so I didn't get to watch any of it. I've seen the highlights. It was pretty neat to see, you know, them going over there and interacting with the fans and seeing that the NBA is big over there in Europe. So, yeah, Celtics pulled that one out, 114-103. Against my beloved 76ers, Timberwolves are kind of coming up there too. Is one of my one of my teams that I like. Um, and then later on that night, uh, Raptors destroyed the Cavaliers, 133-99. Um, and then the Cavs lost last night too, so they lost two points. I think they lost to the Pacers. That was, I think that was going to be one of my big games of the week too. Um, and Cavs, I think they're like on a, they're on a bit of, I think it was lost five or six games in a row. So they're on a bit of a losing streak there. Uh, nothing to worry about. Once they get everything going, play all start rolling around, they'll be back to being the Cavaliers that we know. Uh, college basketball, um, I did update these rankings. I think when I did the last podcast, they were, I had the last week's rankings, but these are updated. I only had three games here for the week. Uh, number eight, Texas Tech, uh, lost to number nine, Oklahoma, 75-65. Um, number 21, Kentucky beat Texas a and I did, well, I watched like the last five minutes of this game. Kentucky looks good. They got a lot of, it, I mean, this is every year for Kentucky. They got a lot of talented freshmen on that team because it's like every, all the freshmen end up going to the NBA. So he, he, but he does a good job of getting those guys in there. Kyle Perry, getting them in there, coaching them up. And, and, and always putting out a good team. They beat Texas A&M 74-73. And then Wednesday night, um, uh, number one, Villanova beat Xavier 89-65. Xavier's ranked number 10. They'll probably drop next week. So going into – go ahead and go into some of the playoff breakdowns. I'm going to go through these. I'm going I'm to try to break down these games as much as possible. I've been reading, looking at summaries. Looking at, you know, some of the guys is going to be injured. I don't think any of the games is not anything big, no big injuries. Out of the, all, all the games, I think the biggest injuries is in the Titans and the Patriots game. I know, and pretty much all, it's just running back positions. I know the Titans are not going to have DeMarco Murray, which they didn't miss him last week. And I think the Patriots are going to be missing Gillisley and Burkhead. So I think James White is going to be the man there. 
running back wise uh, for the Patriots. That's about on the only injury thing, injury news that I've seen as far as all the playoff games. If there is one, I, I probably missed it. But um, first game today, Saturday, uh, we got the six seed Falcons going into the number one seed Eagles. Uh, the Eagles open up this game as underdogs. They're the first team ever, ever to be a number one seed and be an underdog in the playoffs. So <laughs> nobody's respecting the Eagles. Ever since Carson Wentz did, went down, everybody's kind of just been writing them off because they don't see them win. And I guess you could say I'm in that group as well. They're not the same team with Carson Wentz gone. If Carson Wentz was there, this would be oof, them and the Saints, I think, for me, would be the two teams that kind of had to flip a coin with in the NFC. The Eagles were very good with Wentz. But going into this game, the Eagles are really going to need to rely on the defense and, and in that running game. They're going to really have to get blunt and and uh, Ajayi going. Um, they're going to have to sit on that clock. They're going to have to score. They're going to have to take points when they can get them. They're not going to be able to go for it on fourth down, fourth and one, fourth and two. I mean, I don't see them doing that. I, I don't I don't think they should even attempt it. I mean, this is a game where they need to put up points any time they can possibly can. If they, if they got the ball, on you know, if they get down to the 1,030, 40-yard line, and they don't get a first down, you know, they don't they don't convert. They they definitely be kicking field goals and playing for field field position. Um that's how they win this football game. Now if Fol if Foles comes out and he plays like Carson Wentz and he plays like the Foles that used to play for the Eagles, so all, by all means they can do this stuff. But Foles can't come in there throwing four or five interceptions or anything, fumbling the ball, getting sacked when he should you, they start playing like that, Eagles will get blown out. And then let's flip it on the other side. The Falcons, they just got to play Falcon football. They got to spread the ball around. Don't key on Julio the entire game um, unless Julio's on fire. If, they, if they're if they giving coverage off Julio and that not double-teaming them, I don't know why the ball shouldn't go to anybody else. But that's not who the Falcons are. They like to spread the ball around. They like to give it to Coleman. They like to throw it out to um, – Freeman, they they love running those toss plays, those stretch plays, which are very successful. They're just gonna have to play like the the Falcons normally play. They don't, they can't get caught looking ahead, looking at the um, looking at what everybody's saying that the Eagles aren't this and the Eagles aren't that because of Carson Wentz. They can't, they can't get caught up in that because we know who the Falcons are and we know what they can do if they get caught looking ahead. Everybody remembers the twenty-eight to three. Um, Super Bowl, so, and another thing, they cannot let off the gas at no point in this football game. If the Falcons get up 31 to 3, 31 to nothing at halftime, I'm putting the starters right back in there and I'm trying to score 60 points. That's how these teams get beat. That's how the Falcons lost the Super Bowl. They came in, they put their, they took their foot off the gas. Doesn't matter who you're playing. This is the NFL. This isn't college football. This isn't high school football. You go out there. The Falcons go out there. And if they get a lead, they build on the lead. If they got to score 80 points on the team, do it. That's how I look at this football game. Um, I think the Falcons are the better team. Even with Wentz on the field, it, it would be hard. I think 
it would be hard for me not to even pick the Falcons. Now, I'm not saying I would pick the Falcons if they had wins, but I think the Falcons are a good team. I just think they they play a lot, a lot of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type deal. They some, they come out looking like the best team in, in football, and then they turn around and look like one of the worst. They like the Browns some some games. So I think if they if they come out and play like they are, they're the best team in the NFC. One of them with all the weapons they have. I see the Falcons winning this one 24-12. I see them moving on, playing, going to the, uh, the NFC title game for the second year in a row. Um, then the second game of the night, we have the number, number five seed Titans taking on the number one seed Patriots. Ooh, nobody's giving the Titans a chance in this one. Nobody gave them a chance in the first game. I think everybody picked up the Chiefs to win that game because of the, the ride the Chiefs were on. They, they were looking pretty good there at the end. Titans roll into town, and they just pretty much uh, throw a lot of magic on it. Uh, the Titans will need to bring out the magic of 1999 to win this football game. They're going to have to have a lot of Music City Miracle-type plays, a lot of those Mariota <laughs> touchdown passes to himself, Brady fumbling, you know, the snap, they pick it up. For, I mean, they're going to need a lot of stuff to happen to win this football game. Not saying that the Titans are a bad football team. I am saying that they're not that great of a football team. They're not a team that you just, the Patriots have to go in and, and say, yeah, we have to worry about this, this, and that. I think this is a game where the Titans have to commit zero turnovers. I think if they commit one turnover, they don't win this football game. They can't go in and, and start fumbling the ball, throwing interceptions, lobbing it to the defense. They're going to have to come up with an extremely good game plan to beat this football team. Um, Henry, he's going to have to come out with a repeat, 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 excuse me, repeat performance. Um, they're going to need a lot of stuff to go right for this for this to go down for them. The defense, if they can somehow get Casey and the other defensive tackle, I'm not sure what his name is, they can somehow get them guys going and, and making Brady move left or right. They have a chance offensively, but they're going to really have to buckle down and stop these running backs from catching passes and getting yards and getting Brady's face. For the Patriots, they just, they just got to play Patriots-style football. Uh, they can't get overconfident, which, I mean, I don't think that'll happen because they're the Patriots. They really don't. They usually take teams like the Titans, and they put them in their place pretty quick. Um, I don't think – I think Brady's like 6-1 and one all time against the, the Titans or something like that. I'll never forget that one game where it was snowing. This is the year they, they went undefeated in the regular season. It was snowing. You couldn't even see the field, and they beat the, the Titans. It was like 62 to nothing or something. like. It was, it was some insane score. Um, that was my last time remembering the two teams playing. Um, they got to get the ball going downfield early and off, get the ball to Gronk, Gronk early, make sure they're, they're keeping Titans defense off balance. Uh, as far as predicts, there's not really much to predict this game. I don't see the Titans competing at all in this game. It, it may be closer for a while. It's late. It's at nighttime. Ed Foxborough's gonna be cold. I don't know what the weather's like gonna be up there, but if it's any type of weather, that goes more into the Patriots' favor. Uh, my prediction is this was Patriots thirty-one, Titans nine. 
Um, I don't really see the Tigers having a chance. Uh, it's good they got there, got them playoff win, but they they run into a buzz. So I think I would have had the prediction that the Tigers would have played Patriots or the Steelers. So um, I'll see the Patriots moving on to the next round. And then Sunday, this one the two big ones come out. I think the the first game, the first two games are going to be kind of fillers for what's going to be happening on Sunday, which we got our two blockbuster games. Uh, first game of the day comes on at 12, my time, central time. We got the number three seed Jags taking on number two Steelers. If you don't remember, the first time these two teams played, the Jags beat down the Steelers like 38 to 7. I remember, I didn't get to watch this game, but I remember pulling it up on my phone and I had it up on my phone the entire day. I remember the game going into the third quarter. Well, was this was what nine to seven or seven to seven like that going into the third quarter? Um, third quarter is about to end. I go in the other room. I think I don't know if I said this in another podcast, but I remember I go in the other room and I come back and it's twenty to nine, something like that. So they 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 had picked off Ben like. Two times in a row, ran them both back for touchdowns. He ended up with five interceptions that game. And Fournette had like a 95-yard touchdown run. I don't see that happening in this game. Uh, some of the keys for the Jags, though, that front seven will need to unleash hell. They, they're going to have to come after Ben. They're going to have to get after Bell. They're going to have to make sure they don't get this offense going. Um they're going to have to keep the ball out of Brown and Bell's hands. I think Jalen Ramsey and that uh, Aboye, I think the other quarterback, I think those two guys did a real good job on Brown the first time they played, even though the Steelers had a good, you know, even though Brown had a good game. Uh, Stat-wise, I think, where did he go? He had, what, 10 catches for 157 yards. A lot of that wasn't even on those guys. He was in the slot or he moved them around. Uh, they're gonna have to make Ben win the football game. Um, looking at go back and look at the stats of this football game. Take away the interception, Ben had a solid game. I mean, he went 33 for 55, 312 yards, but the five interceptions is what killed him. Bell had only had 15 carries in that game, uh, but he had 10 catches. So I mean, the game plan was solid. They they had they moved the ball up and down the field on Jack. On Jacksonville, but like I said, they're gonna have to make Ben win this football game to, in order to win the football game. Bortles can't play like Bortles. Uh, what he go? Last game he only threw 14 passes, completed eight of them for 95 yards and an interception. Bortles cannot play like this. Bortles is gonna have to come out. He's gonna have to throw the ball because I, I can. I definitely see the Steelers loading the box. I don't see them coming up to the closer the line and letting Fournette break one. They're gonna have a lot of gaps filled to where Fournette's gonna have to bounce things outside. He, he's gonna have to rely on his speed, his ability to to, to get yards in this football game. I, they're not gonna let. Uh, they're not gonna try to let Bortles win this football game for them. They gotta. They gotta do other things, but. If they can get a lead or something like that, they don't have to let Bortles do anything. So they're going to have to feed the beast. That's what I got down here. They're going to have to feed Leonard Fournette. They're going to have to. If they got to give the ball 40 times, they're going to have to do it. Uh, swapping on the other side, the Steelers, 
don't turn the ball over. I mean, I know that's easier said than done against this Jaguars defense, but if you go look, most of a lot, what, four of his interceptions were throws down the field and into double coverage or into terrible coverage. And one of them was tipped at the line of scrimmage and picked off. But I seriously think that they don't turn the ball over, but maybe maybe once they're going to probably turn the ball over. I give them that. They're going to throw an interception. They're going to fumble. I think both teams are going to get that. So you can cancel that out. I think the team that turns the ball over the most loses, but I think the Steelers keep the turnovers I have here at a minimum. They they can they they have a good chance. They're gonna have to win the field position game early. Just like I kind of gave the game plan for the Eagles, same thing for the Steelers here. Just going forward on fourth and one, fourth and two. They don't have to do that. Kick field goals. You're at home. If you you know you're kind of out of field goal range, punt the ball. Punt it out of bounds, get the ball down to win the field position game, keep them deep into their own territory. You win. And don't play the win every down. If you, if you, if you can't get the one or two yards, take the one or two yards and leave it at that. Don't try to fight for more yards and, and, and end up fumbling the ball or being taking a shot in the triple coverage, which he's known to do what he did last game. Um, and my last thing, just like I said with the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're going to have to do with Le'Veon Bell. Feed the beast. Le'Veon Bell needs to come out of this game with a minimum of 31 to 32 touches. Not rushing attempts, but touches, just like he did last game. Uh, I think it's going to be a hard-hitting game. I think it's going to be a tough game. I see the Jaguars probably picking up a fumble or pick six again. I don't really see them scoring a touchdown offensively. They, unless when it breaks one again, I see them. That's the only touchdown they score. Um, I see Pittsburgh somehow moving the ball down the field and getting two Le'Veon Bell rushing touchdowns, 17 10. I got the Steelers winning this one. And then the last game, I think we're going to wrap it up. No, we got sports preview. Yeah. So. The number three Saints taking on the number two Vikings. I know I gave the Vikings a very hard time all season. They were even on one of my sex segments of I think your team is trash. They're a good football team. I give them that. The Saints are also a good football team. Um, some of the key points for the Saints. Breeze has to keep playing at the same level he's playing. He's been playing at a phenomenal pace. He, he, he's throwing the ball well. He's getting the ball in spots that only he can put them in. Uh, Kamara and Egram, they have to keep grinding. Those two guys are the are the lifeblood of this offense. I know Breeze, he, he's the you know he's the brains of the offense. He's been there for a while, but this is a breath of fresh air for Breeze. Having Kamara and Egram, he's not having to do everything. He can he can throw a little dump off pass and he go for ten to fifteen yards. We can we can hand it off. So those are two things they're going to have to really rely on. Defense has to step it up big time here against the Vikings. They're going to really have to play championship football in order to get past the Vikings. Don't let Case Keenum get comfortable. Um, I think if they get Kim comfortable throwing from the pocket, not, not, no, not getting any pressure on them, um, not mixing up coverages, that's going to get the Saints in trouble, and they're going to somehow have to win on special teams. 
far as the kicking game and the return game. They're definitely going to have to win those faucets to, to win this football game. As far as the Vikings, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. They, they, I mean, I don't know how they're doing it every week. They just, they just get the job done. They're, they're, they're like a calculator. I mean, you pick up a calculator, you expect to do what you're supposed to do, and it does it. And that's who the Vikings are. They, they, I don't know how they don't have any special talents they did. They had Dalvin Cook, who's out for the season, but looking at that roster, they don't really have key guys that like each one of these game teams I've picked out. I've picked out certain players in each team going from the Eagles to the Falcons, Titans, Patriots, Jaguars, Steelers, Saints. I can't really think of a guy on the Vikings that they have to get going. They just have to play as a team. This is a team football for the Vikings. They can't turn the ball over, and they just need to keep Briggs off the field. Simple formula for the for the Vikings there. But I have the Saints pulling it out 21-17. I think they're the better team. I think that um, Breeze and company have just enough offense and just enough defense to keep the Vikings out of the end zone one last time to win the football game. And I think that's it, guys. I think I'm just going to wrap it up this week. I'm not going to do a sports preview because it's um, – I can hear my little one in the other room crying. So um, I probably won't have much time because the other one will be following suit. But that's my – Take on the NFL playoffs. Like I said, you'll hear from me again next either Tuesday or Wednesday with a breakdown of the of the games over the weekend, and then the same type of preview for the for the AFC and NFC championship game. I do a, like a thorough breakdown of each game and who my thoughts are going to the NFC uh, to the Super Bowl. Um, so with my previews, uh, so with my predictions, I, I should I'll see. It should be the Falcons going into New Orleans with the the NFC title game and the Steelers going into New England for the um, AFC title game. So those are my predictions. Uh, You know what? I will preview some of the basketball. There are some big games. I did right here. This right here is some of the big games for the college basketball season. So we'll do a little mini sports preview here. Um, for college basketball, because a lot of these games that I'm about to say, these are the games you're going to be looking at whenever it comes tournament time. They're going to be looking back at this weekend because a lot of these games mean a lot. So, uh, I don't know if these games already started. TCU, number 16, TCU at number 9, Oklahoma. Number 25, Creighton at number 10, Xavier. Number 2, West Virginia at number 8, Texas Tech. Number 18, Miami at number 19, Clemson. And number 22, Auburn at Mississippi State. Um, like I said, I'm not going to cover really any. I didn't really have that many NBA games to cover anyways. But um, they're getting it going in the NBA as well. Once this football clears up, and even next episode, I'll go more in depth into some of the basketball and even college basketball as well. So uh, that that's all I have, guys. Short episode this week. Um, hope you all have a uh, productive week, great night, great rest of your day, whenever you listen to this. Um, next episode, like I said, I'll do the breakdown for the college, I mean, for the, uh, for the playoffs. And I'll also, I'll try to fit in a blast from the past episode. I'd like to look at a, um, I'd like to look at, um, 
uh, an old playoff, an old, you know, an old playoff, how the playoffs went a few years ago and, uh, see how it shaped up. I, I think I got one in mind, but I don't want to give it out yet. I'll definitely talk about it in the next episode if I end up doing it. But, um, like always, you can reach me at, I think I know sports at gmail.com. I'm putting these at the bottom of each podcast. So you should be able to see them. Um, you can reach me at Twitter. I think I know sports, uh, on Twitter. We'll leave a comment, um, on the website, I think I know sports.wordpress.com. I'll put these at the bottom of every episode, so go look for those and uh, reach out to me. I uh, appreciate all the feedback that's, that's given me once again, and uh, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up here right at 40 minutes. So uh, just remember, guys, I'm just a regular guy, and I think I know sports. Thank you.